Wake up. Alicia Bell is the founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate of moms mobilizing money for black and brown women entrepreneurs. She's the deal flow lead for Pipeline Angels, a network of women and femmes. Alicia also advises the PayPal Ventures Black Lives Matter Fund and serves on the board for Black Girl Ventures. For more details, go to www.leishabell.com. Hi, I'm Cheryl Conti. I'm the CEO of the Impact Seat Foundation, which is creating a world in which women, especially women of color, can become successful business leaders. I'm also the chair and founder of Do Big Things, a digital agency that helps progressive causes and candidates with the new narrative and new tech for the new era in which we live today. And I'm also the Amazon bestselling author of Mechanical Bull, How You Can Achieve Startup Success. Hello, and welcome to Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify black and brown women who are angel investors. On this show, we will explore what is angel investing, how to become one, and why would you want to be one? We will discuss how the most marginalized women persevered to the very top of the investing spectrum. Whether you're making money moves or barely making money, listen up. I'm your host, Lee Chabelle, co-founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate run by Black and Latinx women who are on a mission to represent ourselves and claim our seats on cap tables. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome with Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify BIPOC women who are in venture capital, involved in angel investing, and simply changing the game. And today is no exception. We have Cheryl Conti of Impact Seat. There's so many things to say about Cheryl. She is one of those few Black women who raised over a million dollars. She had an entrepreneurial exit. She's an exited founder. She's started up many, many companies. She's a serial entrepreneur. She helps founders to be great. She has her amazing book out. She's an author. She's a mother. She's all the things and all the hashtags, and we are so honored to have her today as a guest on our show. Welcome, Cheryl. It is a pleasure to kiki with someone I look up to so much. You, you know, are really, you know, at the top of this game. So hopefully this will be a fun conversation for everybody. That's a high honor coming from a woman like yourself. And we connected with another amazing uh, black women angel changing the game, Jill Johnson, who was also on this show. Check out her episode. It's quite amazing. And Jill came to the Bay Area and connected just amazing women together here where we live. And I got to meet the person. I, I read about you. You've been in many articles, featured in many places. <laughs> uh, you are a national figure, hidden treasure and it's such an honor just to be in your space. And you're so warm and kind and loving and all those things, you know. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your origin story? Like, where did you come from? Who would you come from? Tell us. <laughs> well, you know, both of my parents were educators. One was 
professor at Howard University, the other working in D.C. public schools, first as a reading and Spanish teacher and then later as an administrator. So, you know, talking to people, uh, you know, is in my blood for sure. And, you know, helping others to, to grow is definitely a thing that is important for me, for my background. And somewhere along this path, you decided you wanted to be, one, you wanted to move to the Bay Area, which is a big deal in itself. And two, you wanted to become an entrepreneur. How did that happen? Well, you know, I grew up in the D.C. area and, you know, there's so many things to love about Washington, D.C. There's no place prettier in the springtime, I promise you, prettier than Paris. But, you know, during the Bush years, as I was living there, the the, the tone of the city was becoming a lot more toxic, just the, the the back and forth between Democrats and Republicans. And also post 9-11, there was this just pervasive sense of fear that I just didn't want to live, you know, in fear. At the same time, a lot of my friends were moving out to the Bay Area, colleagues in the nonprofit tech space or civic tech space, and they would come back and visit and they would be tan and, and thin and fit. And I'd be like, you know, it's happy. I'd be like, wow, what happened to my like pasty, angry, fat friend? Like, tell me about this magical place called California. My God. <laughs> You know, if it did that to you, maybe it'll do that to me. <laughs> Although, of course, I gained like 30 pounds as soon as I got to California, <laughs> naturally. But I, I, got, I lost it. I lost it. So, you know, it was both sort of a, a, you know, feeling a little bit repelled by the evolution of culture in Washington, D.C., you know, but also attracted to, you know, Web3 and, you know, all of the energy that, you know, the whole nation could feel. And that was maybe, gosh, it's almost 15 years ago now. So, you know, it was really just at the beginning of, you know, another, another cycle of innovation. Yes. And so we talk a little bit, a a lot about kind of being on the angel investment side, venture side, but it's always great to hear from a founder who's seen both sides of the coin. (laughs) So tell me about being Black, Raising for a company in the 2000s um, when it was not yet cool to be black or raised while being black. Uh, <laughs> Pre George Floyd. Oh, oh, girl. Yeah, you know, it was, you know, we, I was starting to raise around uh, 2010. So, you know, I had been running a digital agency, the precursor to do big things called Vision Strategy, uh, working with uh, nonprofits and foundations primarily. And, you know, because I had relationships in the tech world, I could see that you know, there was this trend of marketing automation and influencer engagement and social listening that you know causes were not really equipped to do. There wasn't software for them, even though, of course, corporations, you know, and professional marketers were you know light years ahead. So, you know, my business partner at the time and I decided, well, you know, we have a tech crew, you know, we have developers, we can just build the tool, you know, let's just build it, you know, to give our clients an edge. Uh, So uh, we put together a tool that brought together, you know, all of those uh, types of technologies and techniques, uh, customized it for the, the cause's audience, and then put it at a price point they could afford. And you know, a lot of people, I think, are sleeping on the nonprofit sector. You know, the nonprofits consume $800 billion in, uh, in, you know, in goods and services every right. year. So it's definitely a, you know, a large, you know, there's definitely market opportunities there. So as we were 
you know, getting clients to use it and and seeing some positive results, you know, our our clients and customers were telling us, oh, it'd be great if it could do this or if it could do that. And, you know, there's only so far and how fast we could go with just excess developer time when we weren't working on other projects, right? So, you know, this needs its own, it just needs its own uh, CEO, it needs its own staff, you know, it needs its own funding. So we, and we were seeing some of our peers, you know, some of our friends were also launching startups you know, at that same time, like Ben Rattray of change.org is an old friend. And, you know, like I remember when change.org was a sparkle, a sparkle in Ben's eye. Right. But looking back, you know, all of those friends were white guys. Like it just didn't even honestly, because, you know, we were, we were, you know, sincerely friends. It just didn't even occur to me that like their, their experience was going to be very different from mine. So what had happened was Leisha, uh, (laughs) You know, you know, at this point I had built a company that had, you know, millions in revenue. You know, I was on CNN, you know, MSNBC, Agence France Press, you know, I, you know, I, you know, was, I felt like I was known, you know, and respected. And, uh, you know, I had to knock on a lot of doors. Uh, you know, I was really crawling on my belly and, you know, people didn't take me very seriously. There was one investor. I will, I will, uh, no. Hide to pre- I will I will save guilty <laughs> to protect the guilty. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was one, there was one investor for whom I did a demo, and this was an investor who was you know working for a fund whose whole purpose, one of the first funds, you know, so you can sort you know kind of guess who it might be. You know, one of the first funds that was you know really focused on uh you know people of color yeah. and you know. T- founders. And, you know, he looked at me, you know, he was white, you know, and he was like, well, you know, after the demo, you know, I can see how this software would be uh, useful and and important in the market, but I don't know if you are the person. Mm. I mean, like people would say stuff like to that, to my face. I mean, mean, and that was like, if they would even take the call and meet with me. So (laughs) I'm actually a senior investor at a senior advisor, sorry, we do, the Impact Seat Foundation does invest in ASEA um, companies, but uh, I'm a senior investor uh, at Astia, uh, which is an, one of the largest uh, angel networks and oldest that focuses on female founders. And uh, they did a study called Astia Edge that I recommend people check out. But, you know, they said, look, you know, we've done as much as we can do to filter out bias from our pipeline. But we crunch the numbers and it takes us on average seven introductions to funders to get a white female founder funded. It takes us on average 50, five zero what? to get an equivalent black female tech founder funded. And, you know, when she said that, you know, Sharon Bosman, you know, she said that, you know, that that rang true to me. I, you know, I would guess that I spoke to at least 40 and I just in, intuitively you know, figured out that, you know, I was just going to have to knock on a lot of doors, you know, I was just going to have to, it was just a numbers game. And eventually I would get to, you know, those people who got it, you know, those angels who really got it. But you look, America is asking black women to do almost 10 times the effort, right. To get less money, to get less money money. out of at a time when black women are actually founding companies at a higher rate than yeah. any other 
demographic in America. So look, you know, if you all, if all what, here's what I say, you know, if, if all you care about is making money, and that's what a lot of investors say is like, look, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, make the most money and invest. Like, you know, you're sleeping on a a very uh, under undercapitalized and overlooked uh, and, you know, popping uh, right. sector. Right. I mean, you got me neck rolling, snapping, all that. <laughs> I mean, how do you how did you deal with that? you know, slamming the door in your face when you are well-credentialed, well-qualified, and you're hanging with all the tech bros. And I know you're doing it doing it better probably than those dudes. And it's still like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I was just taught, you know, I'll just keep coming. Like, I just like, you cannot stop me. Like, right. I'm not like, I, I will not be stopped. And I will make you listen to me. Like I, you know, I believe, you know, in in myself, which yeah. takes time. I mean, it takes time. It takes effort to really trust yourself, you know, and and trust and trust your inner truth. And I knew, you know, again, just from looking around, like I could see how important this technology could be for um, nonprofits and foundations. You know, I I I knew that you know, if no one was going to do it, I was going to do it, you know, with my business partner. And I just wasn't, I wasn't willing to give up. Right. I, I, and I admire that. And, you know, the level of persistence and tenacity and just beyond grit. Like I just get annoyed when people ask for gritty, scrappy people like, please. Like, have you met a black woman? Or scrappier than black women, okay? Have, like, you, met, have you met us? One, please. Stop. <laughs> please. Okay. Stop. Please, not today. Um, <laughs> so, because we're, we're forced to do more with less, just exactly. in general. You know, we, we have to do more, you know, with less. And, you know, there's that old saying, you know, from black people, which is make a dollar out of 15 cents. I mean, right. you know, there's, there's a kernel of truth in that, that literally, literally we are given 15, the equivalent of 15 cents for our startups when, you know, someone can talk to, I remember I had a, a good friend who, you know, has a really successful startup and, you know, he's a white guy and he talked to two investors and got four hundred thousand dollars, just like that, just like that. Yeah, just like that. You know, and I'm not diminishing for anyone. You know, it's hard. Startups are really difficult, no matter who you are or where yeah. you come from. Period. But you know, I I do think it's important for for people to understand, especially Black women. You know, there are going to be some hurdles, some additional hurdles you to get over. And you know, that's why I wrote my book, Leisha Mechanical Bull. Yes. Um, how you can achieve startup success because, uh, you know, my startup, uh, um, attentively, attentively, uh, we sold it. It was acquired in July, 2016. And my son Colm was born in August, 2016. <laughs> he's my blessing, new startup. Double blessing. Double blessing. He's my, he's my new startup. It's like a 20 year runway. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, I haven't figured out an exit strategy. So if anybody out there has got one, you know, holler at me. At any rate, you know, a friend of mine, you know, as I'm cradling my newborn, you know, sat me down, you know, to visit and said, look, Cheryl, more Americans have been to the moon 
literally like 17, something like 17 Americans have been to the moon. More Americans have been to the moon than have done what you have done. My tech startup was the first with a black female founder on board to be acquired by a NASDAQ company. And she said, you know, you are obligated. You are obligated to pull people, you know, up with you. And so that's what the book is about. And, you know, the book has great, you know, it, it follows the life cycle of a startup. It's got a lot of corny jokes, just like, just like this, <laughs> but it's got a lot of really rich, real talk and, and information and how to's, you know, from start to finish. And at the end of every chapter, there are two things. There's a speed bump that says, look, you know, if you, you know, this is general advice in this chapter, but if you happen to be a woman or a person of color or God help you both, you know, here's something, here's some additional nonsense you might get at this stage. And and here's how to, you know, get over it. And, you know, for the investors, you know, listening, there's an investor insight, which is, hey, you know, if, if you are, you know, committed to, you know, diversifying your portfolio in more than one way, you know, here's what you can do to support, you know, a black, a brown, you know, a female founder in this moment. I love that. And I love that you gifted us the tools, right? It's the book I wish I'd had, honestly. Like I really put as much as I could and I'm working on a second edition right now that's kind of the post nice. you know the flavor is post covid okay and All right. you know, post the post apocalyptic version of mechanical bull <laughs> hey where there's crisis there's opportunity right that's true that's true well we can't wait to see that second edition of mechanical bull um so this show is about angel investing so that means that you came up on a little some some that you was able to invest in others. Can you talk about your angel investing story? Yeah. So, you know, what's been exciting is to, you know, take all of that knowledge, you know, from, you know, being an entrepreneur and using it to resource other entrepreneurs. And I think most angel investors, if you talk to them, you know, most angel investors will say, you know, look, I could put, I could put this money in, you know, an ETF, for the S&P 500 or the right. NASDAQ and make more money, you know, and, and it would be safer money. Like I'm not doing this because I'm, I'm trying to make a bunch of money. You know, I'm doing this because somebody believed in me. I'm doing this because, you know, I got help and I want to pay that forward and, and I want to help other entrepreneurs succeed. I, you know, I still have a taste for the game, but I don't actually want to run a company anymore. <laughs> it's very important. So, you know, I think that I'm, I'm also, you know, coming from it, from that standpoint of, you know, wanting to, wanting to resource, uh, you know, really promising entrepreneurs with great ideas with more than financial capital. Of course, you know, the impact seat we have, we're doing what we call, um, uh, you know, full scale philanthropy, right? Um, so, you know, we, uh, want to do, uh, we are doing impact investing, grant making, and advocacy to support uh, particularly female entrepreneurs. Um, did you know, I'm sure everyone here knows the statistic, but uh, only 2 to 4% of venture capital of any kind, precede all goes to women, which is insane. Here's why it's insane. Women by 75 to 85% of everything. So again, if your argument is, I just want to make, I want to make all the money 
And and why would you not want someone, you know, from, you know, that, you know, who understands, you know, what women want to buy and have them start companies, you're much more likely to be successful, right? Because they understand right. the market to whom they're selling. It just doesn't make, you know, it's it's like 18th century nonsense. Like I just right. I have no time. It makes no sense. That yeah, so, you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in this, Leisha, just like you, you know, to help, you know, right, change the game, you know, to flip the script and open the doors of entrepreneurship. Because look, America is changing. The world is changing. Right. And you know, there's, there are, you know, a different group of people who need and want different things. It's browning. Society is browning. Sure is. <laughs> and so we got to get we got to get that access to ownership, right? Because, you know, most 99% of the investors are not us. Don't look like us, ain't us. And that's problematic. Um, so tell me about your favorite investment. Oh, gosh. You know, there are so many, you know, so um, I'm fortunate enough to work with our founder, Barbara Clark, who most people don't know is perhaps the single largest individual investor in women-led tech startups in America. Wow. She has, you know, personally invested directly in over 60 startups and something like, you know, 14 or 15 funds. So we're in the process of migrating many of those into the foundation. You know, Nasaclip is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, it was launched by an amazing ER doctor, Dr. Liz Claiborne. She's a sister. And, uh, you know, she noticed that, you know, there's really, there's, there's nothing on the market that helps nosebleeds, you know, no, you know, to stop a nosebleed, we're using the same things we used literally in like the 19th century, you know, a bunch of like, you no know, tissues, you know, and maybe some, you know, Afrin, right? I mean, there's that, there's nothing. And, you know, so she actually invented a, a nose clip that has pads on it that you can stick in your nose, just kind of, you know, and it's basically like a bandaid for your nose, amazing technology. Like, it's so cool. It's like the simplest, dumbest thing that you're just like, why didn't anybody think of this before? But it took, you know, it took, it took Dr. Claiborne, right, to, to do it. So, you know, I think Nasaclip, you know, remember that na name, yeah. I think that Nasaclips are going to be in everybody's drawer in your first aid kit, you know, within, within the next five years, you, you know, you, it'll just be one of those basics that you have. Yeah, and I have a friend who is an ER physician, and that is alarmingly large number of visits to the ER. It's like for something as simple as a as a nosebleed. Yeah, as a serious nosebleed that you know needs needs more attention than just tissues. Absolutely, right, right. Uh, another. So we're also invested in some cool funds. Uh, one is Supply Change Capital. It's run by Nora May Cadena, who's a, an amazing Latina. Yeah. Uh, and she is, she is an, you know, an, of course an investor, um, but, you know, she has this amazing fund that's focused on, you know, the supply chain. And of course, in this time, we now know, I think everyone has a greater appreciation of the supply chain. I mean, we're both moms. I mean, I'm sweating over the fact that, you know, children's medicine, like we're running out of kid medicine. I could not have had it all last week. Like I just... I just don't even know what to say about that. Come on now. Five stores. Like, <laughs> this is a crisis. 
Yeah, it's, no, it is a it is a legit crisis, which is why I hoard. People want like people look at my shelves and like you have a lot of shit in here, and I'm like, look, you know, we can't you can't rely. You know, this is we are living through the apocalypse. You need extra. Have extra. So okay, my toilet tissue and paper towel situation. The way I have a whole section in the garage. I don't play. Okay. I do yeah, not no. play because you don't know. We don't know. Anyway, Nora May is trying to fix that. Uh, and then there's also Catherine Finney, who, if you don't know, you know, now, yeah. you know, Catherine is, you know, she also was an entrepreneur and is now an investor. And, and she has started, she launched Digital Undivided, uh, which is a nonprofit that focuses on uh, female entrepreneurs of color uh, and, and education. But now she has also launched Genius Guild. Uh, which is focusing on the pre-seed. And pre-seed is important because the whole concept of the friends and family round, okay? Like, you know, I, I have a joke, which is, look, you know, if I had asked, if I had gone around to my family, okay, and said, look, I've got this great tech startup, you know, it's, it's marketing automation, we're going to have AI and ML and, you know, influencer engagement, you know, I'd love, you know, to have your support in the form of an investment. Here's what would have happened. Okay, a whole bunch of people in Baltimore would have owed me $20. All right. So there's no, there's no friends and family around when you're black. Okay, especially if you're a technologist, you're probably making the most money in your family. So I don't know. Yeah. And that concept, you know, you know, the, the, you know, I could show you a chart, you know, the, you know, the Federal Reserve has, has actually tracked, you know, white family wealth versus black, black and brown wealth versus Asian wealth. And, you know, look, you know, the gap is very, very high between what your average, you know, white family has, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of white families will say, well, I don't feel rich. And it's like, yeah, okay. I know you don't feel rich, but, Imagine that if you had less, imagine if that, if you had much less, I mean, in Boston, I think the, you know, the average white family has something like a hundred thousand dollars in family wealth. The average black family in Boston has eight dollars, eight, eight, not 80, eight, eight dollars. Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, the black saying make a way out of no way. I mean, you know, we're right. great at that, but you know, that only gets you so far and you need, you know, you need to fill in that gap of the, you know, you're not no very few black and brown people are going to just ra- scrape up 300 or $400,000 from their relatives. It's not going to no, happen. No. So Catherine is, you know, through genius guild, she's doing that. And we're really proud to be significant investors in that effort. I love that. You are dropping a whole institutional knowledge of Silicon Valley on this show. And we will put all these links in the show notes for the people who don't know, who need to know, who need some enlightenment. Um, we're going to share all those details. So they are amazing, trailblazing women doing great things. And they need their flowers. And give show her flowers because she's really one of a kind. One of a kind, and she's special. Um, so let's go back to the little girl in DC. You know, what would you tell her with the information you know today? Oh boy, I think I would tell her trust yourself. You know, I don't know if if you know, but there's uh, there's been a lot of progress in neuroscience over the past ten or twenty years. And what we now know is that decision-making power doesn't come from your prefrontal cortex. It actually comes from a much older 
part of the brain. And how it works is that the brain takes in literally millions of inputs, right? Without you noticing, just millions of inputs of data. It puts it in the black box in the center of your brain, cranks it around, you know, and the output of that is that hunch, right? That instinct, that gut feeling, you know, that intuition. That is the smartest part of you trying to communicate something very important. And, you know, I wish that when I was younger, I had really trusted, you know, those instincts better. And now if I have a hunch, you know, and and maybe it doesn't, you know, other people, I go with my instinct, I follow my intuition, and it has never steered me wrong. But sometimes, you know, your intuition, it looks different than what other people would do, or what other people would say. But, you know, I promise you, if you trust yourself and follow your instincts, you can't go wrong. That's great advice. I love that. Really just thinking about, you know, I think it's hard when you don't know who you're going to become, you know, and you and, you know, if you're a marginalized kid, you know, you don't see a lot of yourself in different spaces represented in beautiful ways, you know, it, and so you really have to be a dreamer. You really have to believe in things unseen sometimes to know how great you can be. So I really love that advice. And that's really all that we have today. Um, How do we learn more about you and the work that you're doing? Leisha, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I would invite folks to come on over to www.impactseat.org to see all the cool work we're doing uh, as investors, you know, we're, we're really excited uh, about the innovative approach to how we're talking about investing uh, in historically excluded founders. Uh, there's also, of course, do big things dot today, uh, my other company. Uh, and, you know, you can find my book, Mechanical Bull, How You Can Achieve Startup Success on Amazon. And, you know, for the investors in the audience, it's a great book. It's an amazing resource to just hand to your founders and say, hey, you know, here's something that, you know, for the next stage in your life cycle, you know, you might want to check out. I love that. Let's be sure to check out all the things check out her books, check out her websites, check out the work she's doing, check out the founder she's backing, the fund she's backing. She's very busy in these streets. (laughs) (laughs) I am in these streets, Nisha, as are you, you know, you're, you know, you're very modest, but you know, for, for our listeners, Nisha, you're, you're in the right place. If you want to know where the electricity is, okay. (laughs) Keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How we Mm -hmm. do it. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening in to Sisters with Ventures, where we amplify BIPOC women and angel investing, venture capital, supporting backing founders and our own entrepreneurs who are paving ways. And uh, Cheryl is no exception to that. She's paving many paths in many ways, particularly for, for Black women. And we are so proud to have her. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show. Please subscribe, tell a friend, check us out, let the world know. You can find out more information about this podcast at LeeChabelle.com. And remember, be an angel, invest. Invest.